Oh, it's, is it already recording? Yeah, it's recording. Oh, okay. I started recording a minute oh, yeah. ago. Oh, yeah. you, you do it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the second Jackson Knight podcast. Uh, we are your hosts tonight. My name is Eric Luan. I'm Ash Ryan. Welcome. And uh, Ash, we've chosen another very Kyoto-style venue to have this podcast <laughs> in. Hey, what country is this anyways? Is it France or Italy? I believe it's, 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 it's France it because... Is. Do you know what ons means, by the way? No. Is it an ounce? No. Well, our guest knows. Eleven. Yeah, eleven. Yeah. Oh, okay. Just like okay, because in Spanish it's once. Okay. So, and I believe this is the address too. It's, it's oh. Cool, so. Anyway, so we are very happy to have uh, uh, our guest to <laughs> very happy to have uh, our guest this time, uh, Melinda Heal. Welcome, Welcome, Melinda. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Great. So, Melinda, um, I guess maybe we could start about what 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 you do here and, mm-hmm. and why and why are you in Kyoto? Okay, I'm currently finishing my master's degree at Kyoto Seika University. I'm doing Japanese textile dyeing. That's why I came to Kyoto. And I came in 2011 on a scholarship and started as a research student and decided that there was something in it. So I've kept going and to my last almost six months now and trying to decide what happens next. Ooh, wow, okay, so are you considering possibly staying in, in Japan or uh, going somewhere else? Probably going back and then trying to figure out how I can make what I've studied make sense in Australia <laughs> or make it worth my time. Cool. Right, I mean, that's the thing. So Melinda's from, originally from Canberra, Australia. Canberra. Can- Can- Canberra. Like Can- Canberra. Canberra. What's yeah. the cheese? Uh, I Camembert? was good. I, I can never. Say, yeah, I can never say that right, and that Cam- reminded Camembert. me of that. That's true. Come in, come in, bro. Yeah. <laughs> it's a new marketing. <laughs> marketing for for Australia, um, and uh, Melinda joined us as a presenter. Was it last two years ago? Uh, January two thousand thirteen. So last year and a half year, ago. Huh? Yeah. yeah. Melinda had been to a number of our. Kyoto events before that because I know I met you yeah, like, I in the audience you. at one point mm-hmm. okay and, and um, I guess uh, maybe just talk a bit about your experience presenting how, how was it uh, it was good it was a good experience and it, a lot of good things came out of it mm. I think I was a bit over prepared and kind of I wouldn't say it was the best presentation but it was interesting getting my head together around mm. it because you've only got six minutes and 40 seconds and you've got to decide what you're going to focus your attention on in that time and I decided to talk about my research up to that point and my artwork mm. and mm. trying to kind of format that in my head was yeah. quite difficult but it was a good experience in that sense too. So you, you mentioned that you're studying Japanese textiles and that's something that you were talking about in yeah. the presentation. So right. for people who don't know what that means uh-huh. exactly, can, can you kind of tell us, like, what are you, what are you making? Okay. Um, so at Seika they have four different streams of study in, within textiles and one of those is Japanese stencil dyeing, which is called katazome. And that's what I originally came to study and since then I've also picked up yuzen. Yuzen dyeing, um, which is well known in Kyoto for kimono. Okay. And it's finely drawn white lines that you paint onto your fabric, and you're then going ahead and dyeing within those lines. So essentially, mm. you end up with 
a dyed pattern that has very fine white lines through it. Mm -hmm. um, but the one I came to study is uh, using a stencil mm. to place your resist onto a fabric and then dyeing mm -hmm. within those gaps. It's hard to explain without visuals, but essentially yeah. you're resist dyeing. Right, wax. Is it wax? Yeah, using nori, so nori. it's made out okay. of rice flour and rice bran. Wait, what? Of Wait, course. That doesn't <laughs> nori, like as in glue? It, the, the term is glue, but it's, it's, it's a really kind cool. of a sticky peanut buttery paste. And that's what dyes the that's material? What, no. That's what holds the dye from dyeing so certain areas of the yeah. material. Oh. So you're dyeing everything but, but yes. what's covered. It's like the reverse. And that's what the stencil is? Yes. The sten well, the stencil is an aid to put that resist paste on the oh, fabric. Oh. Okay. Interesting. In a design. So, like, I mean, what kind of designs are we talking about, though? Like, you, you mentioned lines and things like that, uh -huh. but are you actually making things that, like, might represent something in the real world? Or <laughs> yeah. more, yeah. I mean, is it like a hummingbird, or <laughs> well, is it more abstract? It's close, actually. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's not far off it. Um, I'm doing Australian birds and Australian plants, mostly. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's uh, really my, what I remember about your presentation. Mm. It, I mean, the images were just amazing. Mm. Like, and seeing them... On, on the on the wall, the huge wall that we, we yeah. use, at Urban yeah. Guild, right? like the images were just completely like beautiful. I think it just blew away the audience because mm. the colors are so gorgeous. Everyone always yeah. says that they think I'm from Okinawa or right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, you, you, wait, you're not Japanese. These look so yeah. Japanese. No, no, no. Yeah. Well, yes, and no, I think we talked about this before. I mean, um, uh, like. The, 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 the technique and the colors look very Japanese, but your, your, your birds, they have this three-dimensionality about them that's, mm -hmm. that's very Western, so it's this really nice harmony of, 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 of West and, and, and Japan. Do people ever look at that? And, I mean, are there certain types of people that might know a lot about this type of textile and uh -huh. say, hey, wait, these aren't the types of birds and plants that should be in this picture? Like, and they uh -huh. recognize them as being that's foreign? That's a good question. Yeah. Uh, not in terms of the technique, like they haven't pulled me up and said this doesn't belong in this technique, mm. but uh, never in a bad way. Mm. But yeah, people do notice that this, hang on a sec, I thought that was Japanese for a second there, but wait a second, that's not what I expected. Mm. Cool. I wonder if like, and so some of these plants, are they anything that like being non-Australian, would I know what they are? Um, the one that everyone seems to know is eucalyptus, which oh. is the gum, gum leaves, and they're always like, oh, koalas! Like, yeah, koalas eat the leaves, but they have really spectacular flowers as well, things oh. like that. And lots of parrots that you never see in Japan, obviously, but yeah. colourful things. Yeah, that, that I think is interesting, because you know, you've obviously stayed away from those stereotypical you know, animals. Yeah. <laughs> like, Should I a kangaroo? Like, like a kangaroo. <laughs> is there, is there um, a reason why you're focused on parrots and birds? Uh, well, there's a couple reasons. And one is I think they just make good imagery. Mm. They're, you know, flying forms are really interesting mm. and they're beautiful colors and yeah, the feathers feather and shapes so, yeah. and things. They lend themselves to the visual side of it. Um, and also when I first came as a research student, I was looking into these scrolls and woodblock prints from the 1700s where foreign birds were included right. and they're off it turns out after looking into it they're probably imported from Indonesia mm. but they're quite similar to some of the birds we have in Australia okay. but in those prints they're very 
you know, they're sitting on a perch, very kind of dead looking, right. or they're just represented as a flat yeah. image and kind of challenging that, I guess. Yeah. It's one part of it. And I think you said in the past, like, you grew up with these birds. Yeah, like, they're everywhere. Yeah. They're just yeah. normal in, in Canberra as well as other parts of yeah. Australia too. I just can't imagine that. And Can you noisy. Imagine? Yeah, I mean, can you imagine like going to a park and having like parrots, like just wild parrots flying around? Yeah, not parrots, but I, I sometimes <laughs> if I go back to Texas, like I'm surprised by how many birds and how loud they are. You know, mm. like I, I feel like living in Osaka, like you see the occasional crow. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. that's kind of the extent of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah what do you think of the birds in, in Kyoto? I haven't seen that many. We really, Those really kites, noticed the kites are the pretty kites scary. Are cool yeah. In their pretty own scary, way. Scary. Yeah. What's a kite? It's like a small the ones that circle yeah. above the tourists okay. and eat their yeah. rice balls. And no, no, seriously. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. yeah you like just out of their hands? Oh, my no, gosh. I didn't know I was about that. with my friend on the yeah. Kamogawa River, and she was holding her onigiri yeah. and facing me, facing away from the food yeah. and talking to me, and a kite came from behind her, whipped away her rice ball and actually scratched her face on the way past. Oh, my and God. Both of us are sitting there like, yeah, speechless. what just happened? Yeah. I just want to go like... Just put a rice ball out and see one. I, I don't want to get scratched, but maybe I can just like go out. I want to yeah, see one in know. action. It's horrible. I've never heard of this. They're pretty scary. Yeah, it's um, horrible. I've, I've I've seen people like feed them. Yeah, people do feed and, them. And that's that's it's it's a uh, it's a uh, it's a uh, what was it? It's like a vicious circle. So maybe I'd be a nuisance if I tried that. <laughs> yeah, I should, I would. I'd be making your life in Kyoto. A little worse. I, I, I would report you <laughs> to the police. Not that the police would do anything. Yeah, no. I, would too. I don't think Operation they would. Operation Kite. <laughs> Operation. I don't know. I remember when I used to live in uh, Kyobashi in Osaka, there was this bird that made this like screaming pitch, just like a kind of thing, and it would echo off the buildings. And mm. it only came out at night, but it was huge. I mean, wow. like when it put out its arms, I feel like that the, it's. Wings. Wings. Yeah. <laughs> Bird arms. So when it would stretch out its wings, I'm pretty sure that it would have been about the same as my arm span. No, way. I'm not Come a short guy. No, a little, maybe a little. Oh, it's gotta be like a stork or something. It was. It looked yeah. storkish mm, now. Maybe. Okay. Well, anyway, can you? <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned uh, some. You said some some good things came out of your presentation. Uh -huh. So anything in particular? Like the, I guess the response, I guess. Afterwards. Yeah, the response was really good yeah. on the night and also afterwards, people contacting me and mm. um, had some group shows at 3F yeah, right, also yeah. as part of that and yeah. made some good friends. And yeah, it seems like there's a really tight like textile community here, huh? There like is, of artists. Actually. Yeah. There's, um, there's a lot of galleries in Kyoto and mm. a lot of small galleries and within that there's a couple of textile owned, like mm. textile specialized yeah, galleries. Yeah. Because they exist and they have openings and things, you get to really connect with those textile people in Kyoto. Mm. There is sort of an odd thing that happens though when you're mm. creating work using a technique that's from a country that's not your own. Right, right. So um, participating in a group exhibition in November at one of those textile-only mm. galleries, mm. and the gallery director mm. is Japanese, mm. old man, and he. It's six, six Japanese, oh, six people, sorry, and five of them are Japanese, and then there's me, which is kind of funny because it's like the title of the exhibition is Young and Upcoming Japanese Dyers. Like, oh, <laughs> hang on. Oh, wow. <laughs> Wait a second. And, but um, he said to me at the meeting that we had, so 
you made a kimono before, right? I was like, mm. oh yeah, I did, but I don't know if I'll make another one. And he's like, oh, oh, wouldn't it be awesome if you, because you know, you're from a foreign country, if you made a kimono, oh, that would be wonderful. And we could put it in the entranceway. I was like, ah, I don't know about that. And it becomes a sort of a novelty. Uh, and you're kind of riding on the novelty factor a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Which I'm hesitant to do, but. That's that was a stunning kimono. Like, that was in your solo show, right? Yeah. That was absolutely incredible. Uh, she did get a chance to see her kimono. What goes into making a kimono? Kimono <laughs> exactly. Six months of. Oh, is that all? Sweat. <laughs> 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 Just. You, yeah, it's oh, it's mind-boggling when you begin because, you know, I've done Western-style sewing and making clothing, but it's a whole different thing because you you've got a a meterage. You've got twelve meters and. You've got to turn this 12 meters of continuous fabric into a sculptural right. piece that you yeah. wear. So I guess my, my understanding of kimonos is, and maybe I'm, I, I don't know so well, but like a, the the length of the sleeves is like if you're if right. you're a woman who's not married, they're yes. really long. Yes. And so yeah. which one did which one did you make? I made um, I could have made either one with very long sleeves or one with normal sleeves. Mm -hmm. So you're right. Young women have long sleeves that flap around is supposed to be I don't know it makes it very difficult actually they get in the way but um, never won one so <laughs> <I know. laughs> um, uh, but you know it, that's also for quite formal occasions so if you're a young woman you and it's not so formal you can also have just a standard okay. length um, sleeves I think I saw photos of you wearing this tomorrow have you have you worn it to it. an occasion before I haven't worn it to an occasion but I got dressed up in it right. as a kind of <laughs> well, I did it, I finished. <laughs> but I'm planning to wear it to my graduation in March next year. Very nice. Cool. Very nice. Uh, so finally, Linda, any, um, any advice for prospective speakers? Like, what would you, looking back on your experience? I would not practice as much as I did. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. <That's laughs> I would practice somewhat, but don't go and like yeah. memorize it. Yeah. Did, did you have a script, by the way? I did. I don't did know if I ended up using it because yeah. I practiced it so much I wow. could just repeat it. Wow. But it was good to include humor. Yeah, yeah. That made it more fun to present. Yeah. And yeah, just try it. I'm not a public speaking kind of person, but it was a really good experience. Well, have have a good time back home. You're going back home for yeah. the summer, right? In September, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Two, actually, for an exhibition. Oh, right. Okay. Two or three weeks. We're having a yeah. we're having a two-person show in Canberra, so that'll be really cool to see how Australians react to it. Wow. Work there. First time. Yeah, first. Well, I've been in group shows, but first to show so much work in one oh. in one go. In in Australia. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Wow. That'll that's be awesome. Cool. And if people want to see your work, is there like a homepage? Or yeah, something? they can go to my homepage, which is www.someru, which is S O and then a hyphen and M E R U dot com. Wow. S O hyphen M E R U dot com. Yeah. So we'll put that in the uh, yeah. in the show notes. Yeah, in the show Thank notes, you. yeah. Uh, wherever they go. Wow, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know you had yeah. a website. But great. Yeah, looking forward to seeing that too. Yeah. Okay, and then uh, our next event is on uh, September 19th. So. Um, I know you get back the day before, but uh, hope to see you there if you're not too jet lagged. Although there is there is no jet lag. There's no, like one hour. Like one hour. Art, yeah. Oh yeah, that's it. I never. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I'm used to thinking like yeah, going to another country requires jet, jet lag. Straight so you're going straight down. It's one of the perks. Of ah, so there's no reason for you not. Um, we're, we're, <laughs> we're sure you'll be there. So yeah, that's a, that'll be a chance for anyone listening now to meet. Belinda. Here you go. <laughs> Come and meet Belinda. That'd be our uh, our slogan. <laughs> Come and meet Belinda.
Okay, well, thank you everybody for listening, and uh, this has been the second podcast for Public Night Kyoto. Uh, my name's Eric. And my name's Ash. Uh, thanks for listening, and we look forward to making another one soon. Um, let us know if you like us doing these things, because we want to keep making them. That's true, yeah. I mean, the feedback would be nice. I'm sure Melinda, Derek, and the there's some feedback as well, so uh, feel free to comment. You can comment on the site. And, uh, yeah, uh, well, we're currently putting it on SoundCloud where you can comment like in the timeline. So if there's a certain point in time that you want to comment on, <laughs> <laughs> pun intended. Okay. Um, okay, everybody. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks again, and hope to see you soon. All right. Goodbye. Bye bye.